0: Hello everybody, I'm Pete and Chris is with me as well. This is The Art Take and in this episode, we're gonna talk about gear. Dun dun dun! How fun is that?
1: Very fun. So before we get started, we got a couple things to remind you of. We have a YouTube video up. You can find it at The Art Take on YouTube. Uh, We've been doing a few videos pretty consistently. The last few have been about photography, Um, We have a new one coming up that was specifically about an art recommendation from last episode. Um, So check that out. Um, We also have an email address where you can send us any of your takes. It's thearttake at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at thearttake. Hey, everybody. So this week, I've been doing a takeover at a publishing company slash website called Frozen Wasteland by our friend Andrew McClees. Uh So thank you for that. And definitely try to follow it on Instagram Um So follow that and check out all the cool interviews he does with contemporary artists and stuff. Um, and we're going to start off this topic about gear with a thought from Andrew about gear. Um, He says, this is a quote, it's a curve at some point you get better than the gear and stop seeing it as an end goal. Then it just becomes about using the best equipment for you and the job at hand. So what do you think about that, Pete?
0: Yeah, it's, I I feel like I'm always striving to get to the place where I don't want any more gear.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When I'm playing the drums or when I'm talking about drums, I am very much in line with that comment. like I'm I'm like, okay, this is the symbol that I have, this is the drum that I have. these are the sticks that I have and I've been using those for my whole drumming career. I don't think about getting the new or the cool looking or any of that stuff, you know yeah. And same with, I guess, when I was going to sushi school and when I was working as a sushi chef, that's partly because I didn't give a shit about it. I just wanted to get in and get out, you know, but, uh, I mean, I'm talking about the restaurant. Like I love making sushi, but like working at a restaurant, I didn't really care about the gear that I was using, you know? Yeah. There were definitely chefs there that were like, Ooh, did you check out this new, uh, you know, knife that I got? And I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit. (laughs) head down yeah head down i'm leaving in five hours (laughs) yeah uh but that's just a whole nother story Mm -hmm. but the drums are like man i've been using the same drumsticks since i was a kid i mean i started playing when i was 15 Mm -hmm. but still that's a kid and
1: aren't they so beat up now
0: yeah i know right the same type of drumsticks.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Damn,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah." I've been using those same drumsticks, and I've tried many other drumsticks, and it's like, "Oh, it feels so weird," and I just, I, I can't do it. I don't care what the new product, the new cool-looking innovation in drumsticks or anything are. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do it. You know. But with cameras, God dang it. Like, I, I want that wide lux. You know, I want that... Um, li- I've been looking at the Leica Flex SL2, you know, oh, the yeah. SLR camera.
1: The mirrorless ones? No, 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 no.
0: The little, um, the film SL2s. Oh. Yeah, from like back I'm in the day. I'm only
1: familiar with like the R series. Is that the This one? was
0: before the R series. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, they're huge and heavy and... <laughs> Leica lost a lot of money on them because they put you know, they invested a lot because you know, Nikon and Canon were taken off. Yeah. And no one wanted the rangefinder, blah blah blah. But they're pretty. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I want one. You know, yeah. and it's like It's hard. It's hard.
1: Yeah. And there's like a I think there's a fundamental difference because um like cameras do so much for you in making a photograph, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas I might be ignorant about this, but like a good, like drums don't really do, I don't know, maybe you can compare it more. Like drums uh, don't do yeah, so with for the, you.
0: Yeah. Right? So if you have, if you have a really crappy drum set mm-hmm. in the studio, it'll sound like a really crappy drum set. But in a live situation, like any good drummer can make a good, like any drum sound at least decent, you know,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: or good enough to get past the gig. And we're talking like baseline type of gigs, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Obviously on a professional big concert hall gig, like you don't want to walk up in there with a, you know.
1: Toy drum kit.
0: Or a toy drum kit, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, think, um, I think he's right though. Like the goal is to get to that place where you stop thinking about all the pretty things that are tempting you. Mm -hmm. And you just focus on the art.
1: Yeah, like the output, yeah, right? Yeah, I agree 100% too. And I I I guess
0: what I'm trying to say is like, I'm there with the drum set. Yeah. But I'm not there with the photography yet.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't bought a camera in a long time, or at least I haven't bought a camera in a long time that I use consistently. You know, I've had like those weird purchases where I'm like, oh, I want this thing. And then I get it and I'm like, oh, cool. I have it now. And then it kind of sits like for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't really use it, um, but I've I've gotten to a good place where I don't I don't really want for much. Um, yeah.
0: So you like focus. You're at that. Are you at that point with your camera where you're just focusing purely on the art?
1: Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Like I I feel comfortable with what I have and how I want to use it with the stuff I want to make. So I'm I'm not really concerned with like getting more stuff. And I think the the pitfall in like, getting more stuff is, like, telling yourself that once I have this stuff, then I can make the things I want to make, you know, Mm -hmm. which isn't, which is sometimes true, right, Right. because sometimes, like, your gear is limited, um, but sometimes it's not, and you just are, you just want a thing because you think it will, like, improve your motivation or improve your skill set, which isn't always true.
0: Yeah, and maybe you're just convincing yourself, like, for me, like, I, I, When I was starting to get into, I don't know, uh, like strictly portrait sessions, it's like, oh, I have to get a medium format camera because it'll Mm. make my cameras, like my photos look good, Yeah. you know? And then I convinced myself that, yeah, it will look good. (laughs) And to a certain extent, yeah, it will look really good, you know? Mm -hmm. More resolution. Um, More resolution and all that fun stuff. But I quickly started finding out that it made me feel good about taking the photo, you know? Yeah. Like, which is
1: a component too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it didn't necessarily make my photography better. And as a matter of fact, when I like switched to a square format, like I I struggled with composition Mm -hmm. because it was different, you know?
1: Yeah. But it like the gear still like kind of motivated you to like, keep grinding. Right. Right. Yeah. So what about,
0: what about your, uh, your drawing or, 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 you know, are you like trying to get more gear to, are you at the, at a place where you're just focused now?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that I really try. Yeah. I don't need that much. I keep it simple. Usually like, any pencil will do like I use a mechanical pencil if I'm using a pencil. I bought like a set of these like archival pens that I and I it was just like a big pack so I have a bunch in different like line thicknesses so I'm, I'm pretty set on those and then but I do have this thing where sometimes I want to try we were talking about this earlier where I want to like try a different medium um, so I'll like buy some like oil pastels or gouache or like watercolors and stuff um, and a pitfall that I fall into with that stuff is that In order for me to guilt myself into using that stuff, I buy like a little bit more expensive stuff, you know, like not like the student level, but I buy like, not like the high quality stuff either, but like somewhere in the middle where like I should feel guilty if I never use it and I don't pick it up. But that usually doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It's really just like, I have to just keep doing it until it feels good and I can like consistently make stuff instead of like getting discouraged with trying a new medium at the get-go, which happens a whole lot.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think like when, when I started playing the drums, I didn't have, like I wanted to buy the things that the drummers I looked up to owned, you know, that's kind of like marketing and it's best, right? Yeah. But I don't know, it's it's fascinating the difference between my drum playing and my photography. Yeah. Because like I I want all these cameras, but I don't want all these drum things unless it's like a necessity. Yeah. Like I I just bought like a new I just bought a new ride symbol. Um because the ride symbol that I've had for 30 years is like kind of moldy on the bottom. And, and like, you know, it's like, cause you, you, when you grab the symbol, like your, your oils. oils, Yeah. yeah. And now it's kind of like moldy on the, or greenish on the bottom. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, I've played that symbol and that symbol is probably from the eighties or something like that. So it's like, it's already an old symbol, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I think I should buy a new ride symbol. (laughs) yeah I think that's a warranted purchase yeah for cameras I'm like yeah that looks really pretty or I think I can do something really nice with that Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's fascinating how that works because I don't I don't end up buying them because at the end of the day I'm like oh maybe that's all right I got I already got my cameras and
1: yeah I think this is what I was trying to say earlier in the conversation where I was saying like they do more for you like they're kind of like more complex tools you know right so there's more like variation between like types of cameras and stuff and more like capabilities that some have that others don't whereas like ride symbols, I assume are like more like obviously different ones are different right but they're more similar than like say, an eight by ten camera to like a point and shoot digital, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out, you know, but at the end of the day, like i like i I won't buy a camera unless I can legitimately justify a use for it, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, like I bought my leica because I wanted to take photos of my wife's performances without interrupting it you know
1: yeah they're because they're so quiet
0: because they're really quiet yeah. and they're not ginormous mm-hmm. i did that once actually i took like my nikon to mm-hmm. one of her performances oh man i was so embarrassed <laughs> yeah yeah and it was like it was like at that perfect time where like the music stopped oh you know and it was like <laughs> And then, like, I think the sound guy like looked at me like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, yeah. ah, "I'm sorry." Oops. That was so embarrassing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you live and learn.
0: Um, I had a friend uh, who was like refusing to buy anything. Like, I guess, like what you were saying with like buying like the the next level up, just to sort of keep your interest in. Mm-hmm. In, in in the medium, you know. Like I had a friend who I gig with all the time who had a really crappy upright bass. And it was like sunburst orange. It was oh, disgusting <laughs> to look at, yeah. And you didn't uh, tell me that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he got made fun of so much cuz he had this shitty bass. And he couldn't justify purchasing a new bass because it was it was expensive and it was like one of those things where he had to like maybe prove to himself like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm good enough to be able to play these good bases. Yeah. And I, I just think, thought that was a fascinating little little tidbit, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think that's kind of the opposite of a lot of people with gear. Yeah. Where they like assume it'll make them better or elevate their art in some way. But yeah. he had like the opposite mindset where he had to earn it. Like yeah. I, whatever that meant, right? Yeah. As a gigging musician, I don't think you really have to prove anything to anybody, but I don't know. I guess I'm not a musician.
0: I mean, a lot of people, honestly, like a lot of uh, musicians will tell you, don't show up to a pro gig without options or without a good sounding rig mm. because mm. you will be fired for your shitty <laughs> Oh, choices. Wow. <laughs> like if you're if your sound doesn't sound good, like people won't hire you in some cases. I mean that makes
1: sense. Yeah. You know?
0: And for some reason like he's he still got hired.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean he was a cool he was a cool hang, which is like number one in in the music business, which I think is kind of shitty, but <laughs> he was a cool hang and he was also really good. You yeah. know? Um so that kind of transcended the shitty sound also yeah. it was kind of like a it was kind of like it wasn't la let's just say that you know uh, okay where there is like an abundance of bass players that sound good and then will bring you know a ten thousand dollar bass to your gig you know
1: yeah so interesting
0: yeah yeah When so i like when does ma- gear make you better when do you think it makes you
1: better I would say, like, when you know how to use it, one, Um, because if you get, like, the most fancy camera ever, but you don't, like, know all the capabilities or, like, know how to change settings or anything like that, like, use it to its full potential, then it's just kind of, like, not going to benefit you a lot, Um, but also when, maybe when it teaches you stuff, too.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like
1: a lot, actually. But I think that could also be with, like, like if you get too comfortable with something, like, say you have been running the same setup for two years, and you know how it works, like, intimately, and you can use it without thinking, then, like, maybe it ceases to teach you things.
0: You like, like, an, M, like an M2 with HP5? Yeah, <laughs> with a 35-millimeter <laughs> lens.
1: <laughs> I changed up the film. I like Kentmere, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be subtle without roasting myself, but yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. You know, like, I, like, let's just go back to, like, my, my M6. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I bought it because, A, I do think it looks pretty. B, it's quiet, and I can take photos at all of my wife's gigs. Mm -hmm. She's a, she's a, uh, a composer for choirs, and she does a lot of experimental, voice works so the music isn't like heavy metal which uh well actually she's in a she's in a like a indie rock band too and i still bring my liking to that but that's just because i'm used to using it now mm-hmm. but you know i had to learn how to use a rangefinder and i'm still learning how to use a rangefinder mm-hmm. you know and so it i guess in that ways it is making me a quote unquote better photographer simply because my mind is expanding.
1: Yeah. You're like learning new skills, yeah and new ways to work and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Do I take better pictures? Uh uh-uh. <laughs> 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 that's up to y'all to decide. Yeah. I like my pictures, you know, and when I show my wife or the performances or like her family and my family, they like the photos. That's more I'd say important. Those are
1: good photos then. yeah,
0: it happens yeah but oftentimes I feel like people are like, Ooh, you know, like I, I, I have this now I can do it better, mm-hmm. you know? And well, sometimes that of, is true. Yeah. I not I wonder if it's like, maybe they're confusing the, the, uh, convenience of the, the, having the, I guess uh, for, for drums or something like that. It's like, I, like, I have a better uh, hi-hat stand now and that's making me play better because it's not rickety, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's not because it looks pretty or because it's the next best thing, mm-hmm. but it's just cause it's not rickety and squeaky yeah. and, you know,
1: it's like a functional thing.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's why it makes you better.
1: Yeah. You know? But there's also like technical stuff that could make one better. Right. Like, you can talk about sensor size for digital cameras um like if you want to be able to blow up your pictures and have really good quality prints and stuff like that then that's when gear matters right and like mm-hmm. you're saying so i th- i think what i'm talking about now is like kind of the quality of the gear where you're saying like if you show up to gigs like professional gigs with bad or amateurish instruments they'll just fire you that's when it matters too like yeah. kind of.
0: Quality.
1: Absolutely. um what else
0: um how about when you have a a camera that's like let's talk about cameras again okay. like you have a camera that's meant and like historically the best type of street photography camera ever you mm-hmm. have a leica it's a rangefinder it's discreet it's all mm-hmm. black if you if you buy the all black one right yeah like it's like that... what all
1: the great people used, yeah about history
0: or have used you know and it's like mm-hmm. how how, like if you buy a leica are you going to be able to is that is that the best object or camera or tool for street photography you know and yeah. then you know we like you were saying in a previous episode if you're serious about it you're going to pick up a digital camera
1: yeah you yes. know that
0: goes against everything you see on social media
1: Well, yeah. Well, maybe not everything, but definitely in like film community photography centric circles, like the Leica is king or like maybe they'll throw in like a point and shoot. But I'm of the opinion that if you're a serious street photographer where your concern is only the output and getting the shot, then you wouldn't be shooting film and you wouldn't be shooting anything large or bulky. You'd probably be shooting like a point and shoot, possibly with Some kind of zoom thing. So you'd be ready for every situation. And the reason I say this is because I think that like film has limitations that have been for the most part, like kind of remedied with the digital age, right? Like, no longer do you have to carry rolls of film that you're limited to you have memory cards now that you can put on your phone instantly and wipe. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's also not really that much limitations on the amount of pictures you're going to take. Like, say you come up on a scene and you want to get the perfect picture. Like, you're not going to get it if every time if you're just taking one shot and then advancing and one shot and advancing. Um, and then
0: 37 comes and you have to switch.
1: Yeah, exactly. Lineup. But if you, like, are in burst mode, like, that's a way to get the exact moment you want. Like or even just you autofocus. <laughs> yeah, autofocus too.
0: And, like, not having not having the range finder you have like the actual image in the viewfinder of what you're gonna get you
1: know? yeah exactly no parallax to account for mm-hmm. when you're lining up like key elements and stuff like that so i guess what we're we're saying here is that don't just go to what everybody is saying is the best thing for whatever kind of art or don't
0: be afraid to like like accept that what you think is the best thing might not actually be technically the best thing. It's just what works well for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just kind of like, you know, let your own practice guide you, I guess, because I mean, even like in drawing circles, there's like digital pads for drawing. Right. And some Mm -hmm. people are like, Oh, this one's the best. This one's the best. And then even with like pens and stuff, like I like fountain pens. Oh, I like, ballpoint you know yeah it doesn't really matter yeah
0: i um i find that like with with uh going back to the sushi days it was you know you have to have like this um this type of knife called a Mm Yanigiba. and it's like a long i don't know if you are you familiar with like sushi knives so they're usually like really long, at least eight inches, just the blade with the handle. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a 10 inch, which the the masters use. Oh, okay. And then it has to be like blue steel or carbon steel, not stainless steel because the carbon steel sharpens better, which mm-hmm. can make you better at cutting <laughs> the fish. And there's mm-hmm. like, it goes in every single, in every, every type of art, you know, it's mm-hmm. like,
1: like the tradition thing kind of,
0: or just like, you know, there's always something that will quote unquote make you better, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think it's a trap when you're, you know, looking around it's part of the the marketing thing, but it's like, it's kind of a trap when you're looking around and you're like, Oh, uh, this will make you better, you know, buy this camera. Mm -hmm. It has, 54 megapixels or actually i said that backwards 45 megapixels (laughs) you know and i don't know or Leica, you know history
1: yeah it's kind of
0: it's it's rough though you know
1: yeah it's interesting that you call it a trap because like say there's like a young impressionable artist out there right who's like maybe i want to get into insert art form here right Mm -hmm. like let's say photography since it's some common ground and then you like look up how do I start photography and mm-hmm. then you get hit with ads and ads and ads and YouTube videos oh, especially YouTube now videos. yeah mm-hmm. yeah. and then like everybody has like their own opinion and their sponsorships and stuff like that and then you like look at um, photography photographers that you like and like sometimes they talk about gear and sometimes they don't but if they do talk about gear they're like always talking about it and they're like you know like for content, they're like putting it up on their YouTube channel, like this is the best camera, and it's like clickbait title with like yeah. graphics and shit. And it's yeah, like, why I switched you ever to Sony <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it is kind of like a trap. Sony and
0: user switches to Canon, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's like why you should never shoot Fuji ever again. Yeah.
0: It's a trap because that's how marketing is nowadays, yeah, exactly. you know, it's like, um when I got in the drums, like I said, I was, I think I was 14. Um, and there wasn't social media. There wasn't my space yet, which is like aging me, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And
1: I think you age yourself every episode.
0: That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but it's like, I remember I got a pack of, um, of Sabian symbols, because my, um, the person that worked at the music store was like, oh yeah, you should buy those ones. Cause I like them, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And my mom was like, okay, cool. Let's just get that one. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have the opportunity to think about it. I didn't know what type of cymbals my favorite drummer used, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, I didn't know anything about the drums that my favorite drummer used, you know, Mm -hmm. but I know I wanted to play like him. So I bought double bass drum pedals and I bought a red drum set. Nice. And it was awesome, (laughs) you know? And like, I kind of, I guess the point I'm trying to say is, I miss the days that you can go into a music store or even a camera shop. Like, I don't know, I wasn't a photographer back in the day, but I imagine you would go into a place and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Well, this is what I like about it. Mm -hmm. You know? And it wasn't like a huge advertisement everywhere. You know, like I didn't walk into the drum store with an already like, like, and ads, like ads already telling me that my favorite drummer used Peisty.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I, now that I think about it, I think that's what he, I eventually <laughs> ended up learning that he used, you yeah. know, you know, I, it's like now I can just like, like I don't even have to go to a damn store to, to talk to anybody about what they like or to converse and mm-hmm. maybe even like say, Oh, I, I like the way this one looks though. What do you think about, like, there's no conversation with my gear anymore, it's like, mm-hmm. even when we meet up at the beers and cameras, or it's like, oh, what do you like? I don't know. It's like, oh yeah, I, I saw I saw that on a YouTube channel. Oh
1: yeah. Like,
0: oh, you shoot Mamiya Rv six sevens. Oh yeah, that's what, blah 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 YouTube. That's what they shoot. You know, it's like,
1: yeah.
0: I found out about this camera because of, I don't know. It's like it's so interesting because of because of the because of the advertisement aspect of it now, you know.
1: Mhm. Yeah, especially like we're on YouTube, like that's like a big like content thing, you know. It's like a a good way to like promote yourself because like it's kind of like an accessible topic to everybody, right? And you don't have to think too hard about it. It's just like here's this thing. It like it does feel like an advertisement made by your favorite YouTuber about mm-hmm. like a thing. So, right. Yeah it's kind of funny and i think there's also like the case for like consumerism right because like you go into sammy's and they have booths for like sony boots for fuji you know blah 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 mm-hmm. and their like goal is to just sell you as much stuff as they can
0: right i don't think i've actually had a conversation at i don't want to blast sammy's <laughs>
1: <That> was <laughs> but, yeah uh,
0: but at at Insert camera store.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually had a conversation with anybody at the camera store that was actually meaningful, other than, yeah, yeah this is great. It has this feature, this feature, this feature. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think when I first met you, I was thinking about buying a rangefinder because of Molly's shows, like I said. Yeah. And, I don't know I just saw like you with a Leica and how much you loved using it and you were done and this is my camera Mm -hmm. just seeing your connection with it was like okay that's kind of that you know that's that's like what you're going for yeah that's kind of what I'm going for you know
1: yeah yeah I mean I have like it kind of irks me a little bit when people are like they like see a picture or like show them a picture or they see like a picture that I show on instagram or some kind of are on my website or something mm-hmm. I'm like oh cool and like the first thing they say is what did you shoot it on <laughs> and it's like what about the picture though <laughs> that's what's up there yeah. yeah yeah or like when people see me with a camera on the street sometimes like they'll like make conversation and they're like oh cool your camera looks really nice and i'm like yeah you should see the pictures i take with it they're pretty yeah. cool too
0: Do you ever like? Do you have you? Has anybody ever come up to you and be like, "Oh man, what kind of pencils did you use to draw that?"
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not the same. Yeah, like when you like, let's go back to a restaurant. If I'm like eating really good sushi, I'm not like, "Did he have a ten inch knife or an eight inch knife?" (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) right? Like I'm like, this is good. You know what?
0: I'm be honest with you, I can probably tell.
1: (laughs) You can tell the size of the knife
0: if if (laughs) if they suck at cutting. Uh huh. Absolutely. And here's why. Just a little quick flip, I guess.
1: Yeah. I like it. If you have an
0: eight inch knife and you suck at cutting, Mm -hmm. your knife will end up dragging the fish and that will end up separating, separating the tissue from each other because in in the fish, like let's say for salmon, like you see the little fat things Mm -hmm. in the salmon. Mm -hmm. If you have a shitty knife, it'll pull those apart Oh, I see. And when you bite it, you won't get a full texture. I see.
1: Okay, so it kind of does matter.
0: So if you – no, but here's the thing, though. If you have a 10-inch knife, then ideally you wouldn't be pulling the fish apart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But like I said earlier, the masters use the 10-inch knife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so they, if you, if you have an 8-inch now. knife
0: yeah, – but no, but if you have an 8-inch knife and you're good at cutting mm-hmm. – What does that say about a master who has a 10 inch knife?
1: Ah, Ah. they're cheating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I get your point though. No one gives a shit other than, other than like, I don't care if they use an eight inch or 10 inch knife. I know that if they suck at cutting, I can tell the difference, but even then Mm -hmm. it's still going to taste good. Yeah. You know, it might not be like if I'm spending like, you know, 400 bucks on sushi, which I never have. (laughs) 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 on record
1: just to clarify
0: just to clarify if i if i could i would Mm -hmm. only in japan though but uh i guess then yeah i would be like dude if you suck at cutting like i'm not about to drop 400 bucks on this thing you know Mm -hmm. but yeah i agree you're never gonna walk up nobody's gonna ever go to sushi sushi restaurant on this on down the street and get a california roll and be like this was cut with the six inch knife
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) like they might ask about like where they caught the fish but that's like more integral to you know it's not like an equipment thing you know yeah
0: that exactly
1: yeah i think there's just this weird i mean i'd say like with guitars it's kind of a similar thing to cameras would you say that
0: um, I have very limited knowledge with guitars,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but I do have a friend who, um, actively seeks out vintage guitars. Yeah, and I think we're very similar in that I appreciate what goes into the process of making the camera, like uh, my M six. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's well built. It's uh, you know, I don't think it'll ever break. I'll probably have to just go like, you know, have it, you know, tuned up here and then and stuff like that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it should last me for the rest of my life. And maybe if I ever have kids, life, you know. And he is in the same way, sort of appreciating, pre appreciating the craft of the guitar. And so he actively seeks out like these old guitars that sound like something you can't, you literally can't get nowadays. Yeah. Because it was made in 1920,
1: you mm-hmm. know? They Like before they cut down those special rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> what? I think it was, it wasn't Epiphone. Um, the other big one. Gibson? Gibson, yeah. Didn't they use like a special tree from like a special forest and now it's all extinct?
0: Oh man, I'm <laughs> gonna ask about that. That's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's true. I heard one of my friends uh, like repairs guitars and stuff as a hobby. So yeah. It's yeah, interesting, like that
0: once. it's interesting you bring up the guitar thing because that is a very specific top topic. Like if we're talking about like why why you should purchase um, a a, pre- a pre- specific equipment piece mm-hmm. of equipment, like yeah, maybe a guitar and that was built in nineteen twenties uh, was had wood that was was only around. Back in the day, or like the techniques and stuff like that were, you know, the and how to build or it were different. Are, are different, and yeah, it still sounds like it did in 1920, and you yeah. can only get the 1920 sound with mm-hmm. that, which is, I think, pretty cool if you're going for something specifically, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think guitars are like similar to cameras, and where, like, fanboys or fanboys, you know, oh yeah, we're for like, sure. like, there's a the Fender people you know <laughs> yeah. and then there's the tube amps versus uh solid state oh
0: yeah right yeah
1: for for amps and stuff and so i don't know i think that also has more like people give more weight to guitar equipment than is deserved
0: you know it's kind of I the think. same for drums too i'm just like a bad
1: oh i'm you're like a you're i'm a like bad one example. of the
0: i'm one of those guys that's just like you know what this looks cool yeah it sounds good <laughs> like Give me that. Like at one yeah. time I like one of my friends called me out cause on a gig there was like someone took a picture of me on a gig mm-hmm. and I had like a bass drum that was from this company, snare drum oh. from this company, a floor tom from this other company. And like all mm-hmm. my cymbals were also different companies, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And they're like, okay, let's see who's cool now.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was just like, honestly, it was just like, I didn't even think about it.
1: That's like the setup that you like and it feels good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But there are there are, you know, you get like a vintage Rogers drum set or Slingerland or something like that, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're playing on some vintage ass drum set, and that's okay. cool for people, you know.
1: Yeah, like it does make a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say, I mean, like for guitars, it obviously does too. But mm-hmm. I think like too many and same discussions, like trumpets too, and yeah, I think. Discussions focus on that a lot more than like the stuff that people make with it, which I think should be first and foremost.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I like the discussion of. I feel like, like I didn't tell anybody that I got a like a, mm-hmm. you know, for a while. As a matter of fact, I think it was more like they saw me with a like, and they're like, "Oh, you got a like a,"
1: you know. Yeah. And I
0: was like, "Yeah, I did," you know.
1: Yeah. There's because definitely, I like a, a cult around it.
0: Yeah, because I'm kind of conscious, like really subconsciously, like maybe my mind is like thinking, I don't want people to, you know, look at look at my photos in a different way. You know. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like you know, I tried like the Canon P for a while, but that shot is really loud.
1: Yeah, and it kind of squeaks. At least mine yeah. does. It's kind of like.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, no, that's not that's not quiet enough for me, you know.
1: Yeah, I feel.
0: And then I had like a Yoshka. One twenty four G Yoshka mat.
1: The TLR, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's a really because it's a leaf shutter. It's really quiet. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't. Look, I just couldn't do the look down thing. I had to have to have it up at my eye.
1: Yeah, it's more comfortable for sure.
0: And some people might say, "Well, what the heck? <laughs> you should be shooting." uh one of those fuji xts like what's the x X pros yeah Yeah. and yeah i should be
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you don't wanna i wanna yeah
0: because they don't they don't look that cool to me man
1: that's true have we talked about that like mainly yet like just like the like pleasure you get from using your favorite equipment
0: I don't think so, but we could. We, we should. I feel, I feel like we've mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is
1: a good note to end on, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So, so, like, when you're picking gear and you're getting gear and you're using gear, like, sometimes, like, you just want something, like you're saying, because it looks pretty, right? And mm-hmm. then you like the way it feels, you mm-hmm. know? It has good ergonomics, right? Right. Because everybody's different and has different, like, however they use to make art and stuff Mm -hmm. um and like some stuff just feels like comfortable or you know good to use for yourself right do you have any pencils that are like that not really i I feel
0: like i have like i have i'm not like a drawer painter mm -hmm. or sketch artist or or anything Mm -hmm. but like i have this like one pencil that takes a specific it's a mechanical pencil but it takes a specific size that's different than like the number. I think it's like a number seven. Mm-hmm. Like though that size pencil like doesn't feel as good as this other size. I can't remember the size number. Is but it, like the, it
1: le- the lead in the middle? Is that what you mean? Or no? Well, it's
0: like the lead that you put in the mechanical pencil, but there's yeah. like different sizes of lead that you can buy. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the size of this lead, but like when I write on with it, it feels so good. and I'm like, oh man, yes.
1: <laughs> like I
0: literally want to write more with yeah. this pencil mm-hmm. so that's what i was like wondering like do you have something like that for your sketches or anything like that
1: um i have like a go-to like because i use like a special like it's an archival like technical pen and like i said i might have said before like i have a whole pack of them and they come in like different line thicknesses right and i like the one that's labeled oh eight just because it's a good like thickness of line for like it depends to like if i'm drawing in my little notebook I can like easily draw on some, use like a point o th- or a o 0.03. I think these are millimeters. I'm not sure if they're millimeters, but I can mm-hmm. use the O three because it's a thinner line. Um, and if, but like with standard pieces of paper, I like the O eight. but. Right. And then we didn't don't, even
0: talk about paper, like.
1: Oh yeah, paper is a big some,
0: deal. Like some papers that feel better to draw on, I imagine than, than yeah. others, or like notebooks have different, you know, like.
1: Yeah. And then like some papers, like, Have texture for different mediums like I mentioned like watercolor before watercolor paper is usually like rough a little bit has texture to it and if you're like using other stuff like oil pastels you want like a lot of tooth also Um, I've been drawing on I got like 100 packs of cardstock that I like drawing on now Mm. just because it, it feels a little bit better it's like thicker than normal paper and it feels a little bit more like I don't know not professional, but like I'm sitting down to do something specific instead of I just have a piece of paper in front of me. Right. right. So that helps me. And they're also like smaller than eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper. So I don't feel like it's this big daunting thing of emptiness that I have to fill up. It's just like cardstock size. It's almost five by seven. I think it's a little bit bigger than five by seven, Mm -hmm. but I like it. do you
0: find uh like with your poetry do you prefer to type it or write it out
1: um i like writing it in my notebook first and then if it gets past the filter of like i like this enough to like make it like put actual work into it then i'll like type it up i have a typewriter that i got for like three bucks hey goodwill and it's like super cool it's like yellow you've seen it i think i posted pictures of it so
0: like do you prefer like the typewriter process, like the way it feels to like press the buttons Uh, over, over, over drawing, like writing it with a pencil or pen?
1: I'd say if I'm working something out, I like drawing it. But if I'm like trying to make something, you know, like if I have a poem that I think deserves to be like more than just like a scribble in my notebook, then I'll type it up. So I don't Mm -hmm. think it's like, I prefer this to that. They're just different working processes for Mm -hmm. different stages Yeah, but sometimes I also like the handwritten aspect and that's enough for like, maybe like if I wrote something more raw or like personal, Mm -hmm. then I'll like, I'll just keep it in the handwritten way and maybe write it a couple of times. Yeah,
0: that's the kind of stuff that I think about all the time. Like the feel of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's, uh, who has like, like, I think I heard someone ask him why he likes playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. and you know there are many reasons but there's one reason that stuck out to me for some reason and he was saying like the act of pressing down the frets and lifting them up and then hearing your fingers move and then like that sort of act and the sounds and everything together Mm -hmm. is like therapeutic yeah therapeutic Oh, interesting. And like, that's it's really cool. the, like for me on the drums, like when I hit the snare drum, like mm-hmm. a rim shot on the snare drum, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. And that's like something that's like one of the big reasons why I still love to play the drums because I'm like trying to achieve that sound yeah. or that feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like in in a certain way, like I can get that with any type of gear. You know, whichever snare drum you have or whichever, you know, with the ride cymbal, like if I'm playing it and it's like bouncing really nicely, like I will love that cymbal because it feels good and mm-hmm. because it feels good, it probably sounds good, Yeah. you know? So those yeah. are like the steps, you know, for me. And some people with photography are kind of like that too, like maybe they buy a Pentax 6-7 because of the way the shutter sounds.
1: Yeah. You know? I've heard that before yeah
0: or maybe because of the way the like i love the way my my m6 feels at one one thousandth of a second you know it's like and it, it was not yeah. even that sound it sounds way better than that but it, like it yeah. feels good to press the shutter down on that mm.
1: and even like the film advance on well-made cameras feels really nice just like the mechanical aspect of it
0: yeah the film advance on the pentax six seven honestly feels like shit it does it <laughs> oh i hate advancing film on that camera yeah but the sound is cool. It yeah. feels it's it, it feels pretty nice.
1: Those things are just too big. Yeah, they look like I shrunk, and I'm yeah. using a regular like size camera.
0: Level four <laughs> Mario Mario Brothers yeah. was that on the what's the like the level four on the Mario Mario three, where oh, like man. you get into the world. I'm, I'm aging myself again. By the way, <laughs> this is a Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. But you get to level four in that, in, in that game and everything is bigger, but you oh, still can gotcha. stay the same size. Mm-hmm.
1: What a yeah. cool concept. That's basically what it feels like.
0: Yeah. Gear is a touchy subject because a lot of people, a lot of people like, you know, are either tied to one type of gear for the rest of their life and don't think about it. And then they just focus on the art only mm-hmm. like, uh, like Andrew and you, you know, Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of people who are just collectors and maybe don't even care about their photos, you know? Yeah. They just want that feeling or that sound or something.
1: Yeah, or maybe somewhere in the middle, you know, where, yeah. like, some people, I know they, like, do care about, like, their photos and stuff, but they also just, like, trying all kinds of different stuff and, like, changing yeah. it up. And that's maybe that's part of their artistic process, too. Exactly. So it's all good. Just don't bankrupt yourself you know (laughs) yeah and don't let it only be about that thing you know yeah
0: yeah so I think we should move into the um art recs art Rex.
1: sweet all right I think I have to like um take a step back and be like I don't think Rochelle Mendez only shoots iPhone pictures I think I Oh really yeah (laughs) I think I mixed that up with somebody else well, um, I went
0: into looking at her profile thinking that it was all iPhone shots. Oh,
1: well, I'm, I'm sorry to have misled you. I remember who it was that I did think, or who does only do iPhone shots. Um, maybe I can use that as an R-rec today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um,
0: let me talk about Rachel Mendez.
1: Yes, go for it.
0: Um, the first thing that I, like, when I was looking at her, at her uh, profile was... Is she a painter too? Or is those are those all photos?
1: I think those are all photos. At least the majority of her professional work is. There might be like a painting mixed in. Because oh, okay. she did go to like art school, art school, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like...
1: I wouldn't be surprised if she had, you know, painting skills.
0: It's really fascinating. Like when we're looking at some of the, even the Rebecca Norris Webb stuff, you know, I remember looking at the photo of like a, what's seems like they're taking the photo through the glass and there's like a little rain on it. And there's like the road that goes down, like mm-hmm. that, that looked like favorite. a straight up painting, Yeah. you know, <clears throat> and it was beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like that's all of her profile was just like, they look like, like beautiful paintings, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of layers and, and leadings and, and, you know, yeah.
1: it's... like leading lines and yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Nice. Thanks did for hitting me, Tara, because I, I I definitely want to, like, keep on checking out her stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. Did you think uh, – because I, I have the tendency with, like, geometric-based, like, minimalist work to kind of, like, reduce it to, like, pretty pictures, right, where there's not a lot of, like, concept to it. Um, and I'm not saying that I do that for her stuff. Just, like, in general when I see, like, that might be, like, the first thing that my mind jumps to. Um, but did you – Did you feel like there was like an underlying concept uh, behind her work or like throughout her work? Just curious. I don't think there's a right answer to this. I think, I
0: think an underlying concept could be um, a little along the kind of a hint of, of Wabi Sabi, but a lot of just like, maybe like Wabi Sabi with natural light, Mm -hmm. you know, because like the way the light and the shadows bounce off of buildings and then form like another line that goes with the lines of the actual buildings Mm -hmm. and sort of stuff. And just like seeing the way like natural light falls on, on buildings and, and nature and some of the still life stuff that she does. Yeah. Maybe like that can be an underlying, you know, theme is just like, finding the beauty with natural light yeah and, right. and like going with something that's not quote-unquote natural like man-made buildings and i guess all buildings are man-made but <laughs> you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah i get you i was just curious
0: yeah that could be like a pretty i like that concept actually just like seeing how natural like oh, i wanted to pull up a photo to show you that like i really liked Mhm. I go for it. Oh yeah, that is a painting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so like this is what I was talking about. Oh, gotcha. Like, see, like there's like the natural like line that's coming from the shadow. mm Mhm the natural light and then you have like this sort of fence that fells like kind of really wabi-sabi type you know yeah yeah. it's just like that's how it happened and mm-hmm. it could be ugly but within this photo it looks really pretty you know
1: yeah i guess you
0: i kind of want to believe that those are all taken with an iphone
1: yeah right it was <laughs> uh so i don't think they were because i i looked up an interview because i wasn't sure after a sec i was like wait a second is this right mm-hmm. um but the uh the artist or the photographer that I do know of and I'm sure about this that takes the majority of their work on like an iPhone or a smartphone is Jake Michaels he goes by like joke Michaels on Instagram
0: oh you should send that to me
1: then all right I'll send it to you sweet so that is my art rec for this week joke Joke Michaels Michaels. yeah (laughs)
0: cool I'm Um, into that
1: sweet all right I'll talk about Bill Cunningham now oh yeah my art rec was Bill Cunningham so I watched the documentary. It was very interesting. There's two of them. Oh, I wait, think. there's two of them?
0: Yeah, there's Bill Cunningham in New York.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's Bill Cunningham. I don't know. It's a brand new one, though. Okay. That one, I, watched, I think you had to buy, though. So
1: Okay, I watched the New York one. Yeah. Um, I I was kind of put off by the, uh, the tone of the documentary at first. Because the... Like I guess to like get your audience or whatever, you have to be like, look at this eccentric person and how silly he is, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I wasn't like super about that, but I think that's just like a bait thing that documentary makers use to like get their audience into it, right? Because there was like more nuance and they didn't just like subtly shit on him the whole time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, but there was a lot of interesting stuff. Like he he like like you were trying to explain or hint at before he does feel like a polar opposite to Jamel Shabazz you mm-hmm. know where yeah. Jamel Shabazz was really interested in like the history of the people and documenting them and interpersonal connection um, where Bill Cunningham really was just hyper passionate about fashion mm-hmm. and like his work in fashion and he didn't really care about the bodies who were wearing the clothes or like the business behind it right like the fashion industry or anything like that or for the most part accolades or even like um you know getting paid for his work a lot of times yeah is crazy to me
0: i loved i loved uh, i kind of i kind of like wish that i could be i, I kind of honestly kind of am in that way in some ways but like he has a quote that he says like as soon as they start paying you money like that's when they can tell you how to do your job yeah you know Uh, and I kind of like that because he was like you know this is what I want to do you know yeah
1: it was like I rewatched it right before this because I I wanted to like get that part because it was like on old footage too so -hmm. it wasn't like current like when they shot the documentary it's like old footage yeah and he was like on a street corner just like chatting up with somebody and he was like money's the cheapest thing like the most expensive thing is freedom or like, freedom yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Liberty, that's like the most expensive. Yes. Yeah. And that was really telling, you know, and there was like this part where he was talking about um, like a magazine that he worked for with his friend where he just wouldn't accept any like paychecks. Yeah. Right. Because they, then they would have to tell him what to do and stuff. Yeah. And well, they, when,
0: they could tell him yeah, what to do. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then, like when the magazine got like bought out, they like wanted oh, yeah. to give him his money <laughs> for like being a part of it or yeah. like his residual pay or whatever, yeah. and he just wouldn't take it, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. I know, because he's already done. Yeah, <laughs> like they can't tell him what to do anymore. I don't know. Yeah, it was, yeah, but it was it was cool. I liked his his work a lot. You know, it was like fairly consistent. And I
0: liked. Uh, it's interesting, like. It's interesting, I think the reason why I wanted you to watch it is because in my eyes, Bill Cunningham isn't a photographer. You know, like in my eyes, Bill Cunningham is a a documentarian mm-hmm. and he's just strictly interested in documenting fashion, yeah, and if he could document fashion in another way, he probably would have done that. Instead of yeah. photography, you know, like if
1: if this is like the seventeen hundreds and he had to sketch everything, yeah, especially like on the street, yeah. he would have done that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I which agree I, with that.
0: Which I think is kind of admirable, you know, like very, very admirable. Like, yeah, finding what your passion is and understanding what it is, mm-hmm. and then just living the rest of your life in that way.
1: Yeah, but he did take it to kind of an extreme, right? Because there's a part of the documentary where they go to his studio apartment. And it's just full of, like, cabinets of negatives. Yeah. And, like, you see his, like, his bed that's just, like, <laughs> literally, like, a like a mattress on top of filing cabinets. Yeah. Man. And even, like, later in the documentary, they're, like, kicking a bunch of artists out of the building that historically, like, housed all these artists, right? Yeah. I forget what building it was. It but... was
0: the Carnegie Hall. It was Carnegie oh, Hall. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Big ass, very important building.
1: Is that... it really? Yeah, it's, like,
0: a huge concert hall oh and it used to be just a building full of art Mm -hmm. but now it's just that concert hall and then it's just a bunch of telemarketers
1: (laughs) oh that sucks doesn't it yeah Yeah. but anyway he was like moving to a different apartment right Mm -hmm. and he like is taking tours with a realtor or whatever and they come to like the bedroom with the closet and he's like, "Oh man, if only I had clothes to put in here." Which is so <laughs> ironic because he's a fashion photographer and he loves clothes. Yeah. And then early in the documentary, he's talking about like the one jacket that he uses because it like prevents like like he doesn't want to like ruin nice clothes and like his cameras rub up a certain way on his yeah on his jacket and it like would ruin everything else. So yeah. He just uses that one, and it has a lot of pockets, so it's like functional. Yes. You no. Know?
0: Yeah, it sort of leads to the question like is he into fashion mm-hmm. or does he just love seeing fashion and documenting it?
1: Yeah, I think it's the latter for sure.
0: Cuz like he I don't think he really cared about what he wore or yep. what he ate or anything, you know. Yeah. There was
1: a whole thing about eating.
0: Yeah. But his his photos are really good. You know, like yep. they had that they had that uh comparison of the uh, editor-in-chief at vogue i think mm-hmm. or maybe no it was a model that uh was photographed by um richard Avedon. Mm-hmm. did you see that like and it's like the lady oh, cro- like jumping exactly. over a snow oh, yeah, thing, yeah 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 and yeah. it like looks perfect mm-hmm. and then it shows it shows yeah. his photo and it's like, or it's
1: just a normal person doing the same thing, but not yeah. Posed. Yeah. And it looks normal, pretty but... cool. I like, it, you know, yeah. It <laughs> looks like a, a New York moment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating story. And I think the reason why I recommend it to you because it's like, like I was saying, like, I don't know if I think of him as a photographer, mm-hmm. but looking at it as a photographer is like very different than looking at it. In any other way yeah you know i could imagine someone watching that documentary who doesn't give a shit or know anything about photography Mm -hmm. but it's into fashion yeah you know how do they see bill bill cunningham you know
1: yeah they'd probably be like um oh so this is the guy that makes all those images i like right yeah and then i don't know it's interesting and
0: he was like so respected in the
1: oh yeah he got that french award
0: yeah in the fashion industry he was like Mm -hmm so so much respect for that guy yeah
1: i thought it was cool very cool art rec Mm -hmm. if if y'all have amazon prime it's called bill cunningham new york yes so yes check it out
0: out.
1: tell us all right so
0: your oh you have to send me your art take but my art take for you this week is a music video
1: okay music um, video
0: yeah let me make sure i get the that i only re- i remember the title of the album that it was
1: on do you do that thing where if you listen to a full album all the time you don't know what the track names are i do yeah, that i do that yeah oh yeah. there's a lot of tr- albums that i love that i i couldn't tell you what the track name is from like even listening to the whole thing yep
0: yeah, I'm definitely that. Okay. So my art take. Actually, I was gonna say like the Decemberist album.
1: Do you like oh, the yeah. Decemberists? I, I'm not a huge fan, but I do like them.
0: Yeah, some of their albums, like I couldn't even tell you the name of the albums.
1: Oh yeah, there's or a... the
0: tracks, but I can listen to all of them, and I I know the songs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you can sing them all by heart, but you don't know their name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um uh, okay so my art recommendation this week actually is a music video okay and i hope you like hardcore because <laughs> the oh, music like is right okay so <laughs> this uh the band is called the chariot okay um
1: is it spelled like how chariot is spelled like mm-hmm, the carriage yeah. pulled by horses okay. exactly
0: yeah and the music video it's the music video for the song called daggers
1: daggers yeah
0: and is there any
1: information you wanna tell me like going into it?
0: yeah so they did a lot of pencil sketches um for the music video and they imposed them, or they had the members of the band imposed over the sketches. oh cool, so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a drawing kind of kind of thing, cool. but the but I like the way they used that medium to to convey the message
1: okay yeah so i have like this beef with like watching music videos before i hear the song do you want me to like un- like watch the music video first
0: i mean if you want to hear the song first before watching the music video do it
1: like for this specifically i think the the music video is an integral part so i'll i'll watch the music video first because I would- that's what you want me to see right
0: i want you to see the music video yes because okay. the song sounds better within the context of the album Mm -hmm. but i'm not necessarily recommending the song to you okay i'm more so recommending the video the video and how it conveys the message of the song
1: okay so watch the video i don't mind doing it for you (laughs) but sometimes people are like look check out this music video for this song and i'm like i've never heard the song why would i listen to the or why would i watch the video
0: but if, if on the flip side though, if you're into this the music, mm-hmm. I would recommend the album to you.
1: Okay, what's the album?
0: Uh, Wars and Rumors of Wars.
1: Okay.
0: Might actually give you more context to the song. Sweet. It's not like a deep meaningful album or anything like that, but the music video is kind of interesting.
1: So my recommendation to you and our listeners was Jake Michaels, aka Joke Michaels. I just sent you the profile right now. And I'm going to watch the music video for Daggers by The Chariots. Nice. And we recommend both of these art recommendations to you. You may DM us on Instagram with your takes. Email us at uh, thearttake at gmail.com. Next time on The Art Take, we're going to tackle community and community building and our special guest our first special guest is a dear friend of ours nick gustafson aka xvx underscore nick on instagram and he is the founder of los angeles photo alliance and he is now doing a twitch stream called carbon punks with an x on it where he plays video games and also hosts photo critiques and photo hangouts so check both of those things out Um, And then be ready to to talk about community next time.
0: Yeah, because I think we're going to do a YouTube live where you can chat with us, I think, right?
1: That's the plan. Yeah. We are figuring that out. But (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you all next time.
0: Bye.